Greetings, Team Ajilam. Karibuni sana tena. This is the second episode of a series that we started last week on the book of John that we are calling Walking with God. Right? And this is, so the, this is the second episode of that series and I'm super excited to be here to do what I love to do the most which is to teach God's word. Now I know some of you all and I felt like I needed to explain this have probably been wondering why I've been using the name Yeshua instead of Jesus. Well, um, a few weeks ago I had a moment where I wondered to myself why if people at the time of Jesus' time were calling him Yeshua, then why don't we call him Yeshua as well? I mean, if that's his name, why not call him by his name? So I just started to call him Yeshua because I, you know, I liked it. It felt very personal um, for me, to be honest. But as I have come to you know, study this further, I've come to realize, to be honest, that at the bottom line, it really doesn't matter whether it's Yeshua, Jesus, or Yesu, whatever it is that you choose to, uh, whatever it is that is translated um, as his name. Um, because the thing that is most important and why this is more important is it's more important for us to be able to understand what the name means, right? The name Jesus or Yeshua means that God is my salvation. This is what God was showing us through Jesus, through Yeshua, that he is our savior, that he is our help. And so the same, the name Yeshua actually, interesting enough, has, is, is actually has the same meaning as the name Joshua, which is God is salvation, right? And if you remember with the book of Joshua, Joshua is the one who led the people into the promised land. And isn't this what Jesus does for us, right? that he is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Our God saves, right? Throughout time, God has been there as the deliverer and rescuer of people who are in need of help. So whether he is, you decide to call him Yeshua or you call him Jesus, the key thing is to understand what the name means, right? And I think one of the things that I love about, for me personally, about being able to just use the name Yeshua is because it's allowed me to be very conscious. Uh, now that when I say his name, I'm very conscious because it reminds me consistently that God is my help. It doesn't matter what situation that I'm in. It doesn't matter whether it was me who caused it or someone else who, it was something that has happened to, to me, it does not matter. The thing to remember is that God is our savior, that he is our help. He is our ever-present help in time of need. And the thing that is so unfortunate is because at this day and age, we say the name Jesus so casually nowadays. In fact, it's even used as a curse word, right? That we have forgotten what the name means that his name is salvation, that every time we say his name, it ought to remind us that he is our help, that he is our salvation. That so if you're in a season of grief and you need comfort, if you're in a season of wilderness and you, you need strength and patience, if you're in a season of harvest, you will need wisdom and guidance to make the right decisions. If you're in a season of deep inflection, you need spiritual and mental guidance that will help you or lead you to the right people. In whatever season of life that you are in, you are in need of God's help. You are in need of his help. And in God, through the name of Jesus, through the name of Yeshua, has given us a commitment to save us. He says in Romans 10, 13, that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. 
And that's what we see in the Gospels and in the, throughout this Gospel uh, of John that we're going to be looking at. We're going to be seeing Jesus helping people, helping everyone, even those who are considered outsiders. Jesus is God saying to us that he is in the business of helping people. You know, the other day I was going through a situation that I created. And I remember that at that moment in time, just thinking, man, I need, I need to figure out a way to be able to just get out of this situation. Right? And as I was here mulling over this, I remembered his name. I remembered that Yeshua, Jesus, is my help. That I can run to him in spite of anything because he is my savior. And this is what God is reminding us by giving us this name that is above every name. The name of Jesus, the name of Yeshua, is a name that means that our God is our salvation. Amen? Amen. So please, if you listen to me, hear, if you hear me as I'm speaking, saying Yeshua at some points, don't be alarmed. You're not joined in a cult, right? <laughs> this, this, this is not anything weird. Just, it's, just, it's just a name that I, for me personally, that I've enjoyed being able to use because it continually reminds me, continually reminds me that God is my salvation. That God is my salvation. And of course, I'll try to use Jesus as much as possible. So I don't confuse guys too much. But you best believe that throughout this series, I will regularly remind you and show you that Jesus is a name that we constantly need to remember. What it means that he is our ever-present help. That God is our salvation. And that's what we're going to look at through and through this series. Right? Anyway, having said that, like I mentioned, we're now on our second episode of the Walking with God series, which is a study on the book of John, right? And when we do books, obviously, most times, I don't know how long it's going to take us to be able to run through this book. But again, let's think of this as though we are doing Bible study. And so for us, the thing that we're going to study through this series is being able to understand what it means to walk with God. Last week, we were exposed to the true identity of who Jesus Christ was, that he wasn't just a rabbi, that he wasn't just a prophet, that he wasn't just a regular schmegular teacher, that he wasn't just a wise teacher, he wasn't just even just, this, this, just, just the son of God, but that he was ultimately God in the flesh. And the thing that we talked about last Sunday was the fact that this is the biggest stumbling block in the Christian faith. The fact that we profess that Jesus is God. This is the place that literally separates us from every other religion. Because we are here, we say, yeah, we believe in God, yes, we believe. But the, the place that is the stumbling block is the fact that we declare as Christians that we believe that Jesus is not just a great prophet, that Jesus is God. That is the stumbling block. Now, over the next few weeks, we're going to dig deeper into being able to fully understand what it was like for John to walk with God. Because he literally walked with God. So let's turn to John 1 from verse 29 to 50. The next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He is the one I was talking about when I said, A man is coming after me who is far greater than I am, for he existed long before me. I did not recognize him as the Messiah, but I have been baptized with water so that he might be revealed to Israel. Then John testified, 
I saw the Holy Spirit descending like a dove from heaven and resting upon him. I didn't, I didn't know he was the one, but when God sent me to baptize with water, he told me, the one on whom you see the Spirit descend and rest is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I saw this happen to Jesus, so I testify that he is the chosen one of God. The following day, John was again standing with two of his disciples. As Jesus walked by, John looked at him and declared, Look, there is the Lamb of God. When John's two disciples heard this, they followed Jesus. Sour. So, what I want to do is, is that I, rather than read all the way to the end of this, um, what we're going to read, uh, this uh, John 1, 29 to 50, I think we're going to stop it there. The reason why I want to stop it there is because I do want to cover this whole portion of scripture. However, I want to do this message in two parts. So this is going to be part one. Next week we're going to do part two. But really I want you to go and read John 1 29 to 50. I want you to finish reading the whole portion. We're going to finish over here but we want you to read the whole portion of this scripture because it's important um, because we're going to do this in two parts. Okay. Now this is going to be the first part of a two-part message on this portion of scripture which is the final part of John chapter 1. Sour? Sour. Now, where I want to be able to start off is um, very two specific things that I want to cover here in regards to what I've just read, right? Um, the first is this phrase that we see John say twice to describe Jesus, which is the Lamb of God. And I want us to look at this a bit more closely in terms of being able to understand this phrase, the Lamb of God, and what it means for us. Um, that's the first thing that I want us to cover. The second thing I'll let you know a bit later. Now the thing is, is that in regards to the Lamb of God, that John declares this twice, that this is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. What does it mean that Jesus is the Lamb of God? Last week we looked at the fact that he was God, but what does it mean for him to be the Lamb of God? Now in the Old Testament, what we observe is that the process through which God established through the law of Moses, as the means through which his people could be made right before him, meaning that you are put in right standing before God. How you achieve righteousness was through a blood sacrifice. Now this is something, you know, I honestly, personally would really like to talk to Jesus about, to just be like, why, 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 are you, why did you want, all of, what's this whole thing about blood, right? Um, and to be able to understand some of these mysteries from, from the heavens, you know, in terms of why is this, why did you set it up this way? But Exodus 29, 38-39 tells us that these are the sacrifices you are to offer regularly on the altar. Each day, offer two lambs that are a year old, one in the morning and the other in the evening. So meaning that every day in the morning and in the evening, they would offer sacrifices for the sins of the people. Can you imagine how many lambs had to die for the sake of people's sins back then? There were sacrifices to be made from, the, and this was to be done from generation to generation, right? This is what was required in order for people to receive forgiveness of sins and to be made right with God. The thing is that it is impossible for us as human beings to be perfect in accordance to the law of God, right? And even the best of us, we mess up. Our ability to mess up is absolutely assured. And so what God does is he made a way for their sins to be atoned for through animal sacrifices. So the animal sacrifice, in a sense, would be a substitute in that it would die in the place of the sinner 
who was deserving of death for violating God's law. Because if you remember, the wages of sin is death. And so, at the time when John is saying of Jesus that he is the Lamb of God, the animal sacrifices were still ongoing. In fact, it says that the animal sacrifices didn't end until AD 70 when the temple was destroyed. So meaning at the time when Jesus was walking, was there, the sacrifices were still happening. Where the Jews were offering sacrifices for atonement of their sins. Then here comes Jesus, the Lamb of God. The perfect sacrifice that would sufficiently and completely atone for the sins of all mankind. Whereby those who believe in him would experience perpetual, eternal forgiveness of sins. He would be our substitute. That what we deserved, which is death, he would take our place instead. Jesus, the Lamb of God was our once and for all sacrifice that fulfilled God's need for a blood offering for the atonement of sins. What was there before in the law of Moses was temporary. But in Jesus, we have the permanent and irrevocable mercy of God poured out towards us. Now the question is, why is this so incredibly important for us to know and understand every single day of our lives? Because what Jesus has done for us is that by him being the Lamb of God, is that he has taken the hit for us. The reason we get to experience eternal life is because he has already paid the price for our sins, which brings death. Now, why this is important to remember every day is because when we remember this, when we remember this, then we are then able to approach God with confidence. You know, the thing is that I realize is that for many of us, we've been taught how to bargain with God, right? God, if you just do this and this for me, I promise I will do X, Y, and Z. This is self-righteousness, where we think we have a leg to stand on when it comes to God. The reality is that we have nothing to stand on. We have no good works to stand on. Sometimes we go to God and we say that because of this and this, then God, you owe me. Yet in other facets of your life, you disobey him regularly. Which means that in as much as you're doing these things, you're also doing these other things that bring death. Things that are literally from the law of God, unrighteous. And you yourself know, you have no leg to stand on. You know the things that you do. That the thing is, is that the reality is that we are so unworthy. But because of Jesus, the sinless, perfect sacrifice, we can approach God with confidence. Not with our own right standing from the things we have done, but we can approach God with confidence because of what Jesus has done for us, the Lamb of God. He has made us right with God. He has allowed us to get near to God because through Him, He has paid the ultimate penalty for anything that could stand in the way of us and God. So we can always go to God for anything because of Jesus. But there's one other important aspect that lambs were used for in the Old Testament. The blood of lambs was also used to ratify covenants. Basically, if an oath was made, the blood was used to seal that oath. And so in Jesus, God has made an oath to all those that believe in him. That whoever believes in him, 
will experience eternal life. Whoever believes in Yeshua, whoever believes in Jesus will have eternal life. And what he did through Jesus, the Lamb of God, is that he has signed that promise with his own blood to say that he will not change his mind about this. That this is an eternally determined decision forever. This is God saying, I will not change my mind about this. I am signing this with my own blood. I am signing this with my own blood that I have determined that I will show you grace through Jesus. There's a great representation of this in the Bible in John 8, 4 to 11. We read the story of a woman who is caught in the act of adultery. And so people take her to Jesus to be like, yo, she's broken the law. And that the law says that she should be stoned because of committing adultery. It's surprising that it was just her and not the guy, but just her as the woman. But that's another story for another day. This is the law that literally Jesus himself wrote, that adultery, will, that law of Moses that was given, that this is the penalty for adultery, that she should be stoned to death. Right? And so Jesus says to the crowd, baiting for her blood, let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. And so the whole crowd at this point in time began to leave one by one. And at the end of it, Jesus is left alone with this woman and he asks her, where are your accusers? Didn't anyone condemn you? She says, no, Lord, no one condemned me. And Jesus says, neither do I. Go and sin no more. What amazing grace. Yet he is the one who wrote that very law. That through Jesus... What we receive is incredible grace from the living God. And the thing is, the reason how she would be able to go and sin no more, the only way she would be able to accomplish this is by believing in Jesus, the Lamb of God. The book of Revelation chapter 5, John sees the revelation of the Lamb of God. He sees the revelation of a Lamb, and a Lamb that looked as if it had been slaughtered. And the thing is to realize is that till this day, that lamb, the lamb of God remains slaughtered on our behalf. That God will not change his mind about those who put their faith in his son. That we have his eternal grace, love and mercy. And according to him, according to the living God, we are just right. And so that's the reason why, if you look at it, that even if you look at the book of Revelations, where it talks about the fact that they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony, that those who overcome, overcome because of the Lamb, because they remain in Christ, because they endure in their belief in Jesus. They endure in that belief that he is the Lamb of God. That those who endure to the end are those who endure in the belief that Jesus, Yeshua, is our Savior. That he is the Lamb that continually speaks mercy towards us. The blood that covers us. That we at every moment are being called to remember that we have Jesus. Those who endure in this belief will experience eternal life. That in him we are made right with God. And so if there is any guilt or shame or self-righteousness that's stopping you from doing what God is calling you to do, if God says you are good, then you are good. Kama mungu wa mesema uko poor, basi uko poor. 
That is the reality. And the reason why this is so important is because, honestly, saints, there is nothing we can effectively do for God without us having the full conviction that we are fully accepted before him because of Jesus. It is very difficult for you to serve God in your own righteousness. It is impossible to do it if you're going to go there and stand on your own righteousness. But the reason why we are able to effectively serve our God fully is by us having the full conviction that we are fully accepted before him because of Jesus, because of Yeshua, because of him alone, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world is the reason we have a standing before God. It is because of him and nothing else. Amen? Now the second and final thing that I want to point out from this scripture is something that is so discreet, but we literally observe it throughout the book of John. And in actually all the Gospels, one of the things that you'll observe, and it's captured here in verse 36, it says, As Jesus walked by, in verse 36, as Jesus walked by, you know, in the time that Jesus chose to come to this earth, he came at a point where he walked everywhere. And the reason why this series is called Walking with God is because I want us to understand something about God's pace. You know, the thing is, is that right now, we live in a world that is so fast-paced, right? If you don't capture my attention in the first one second, I'm gone. Our attention span is limited because there's so much that comes our way in one day. So much information, so much stimulus, right? There's so much that's going on. What this has done is that it's changed the pace of our lives. We want to have everything by the time we're 22 years old, right? There's some people who are deeply depressed in their 20s because for them they feel like failures because they haven't achieved this and this. And yet, at that point in time, it's like, you know, I'm, I'm young, but it's just like, I, I want to be able to have achieved this. By the time I'm 23, I should have done this, whatever. And the thing that we realize is that the world in which we live in right now is like, we want everything now, quick, fast. Our pace isn't steady. We want to zoom by and get things done quick, quick, right? Quick, quick. Yeah, maybe, you know, this year I want to do da, 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 quick, quick. But what I've observed about God is that his pace is distinctly different from ours. When we want Zoom to just be a Zoom by, God is walking. God's pace is something we struggle to understand. It's too slow for us, yet it reveals itself in so many things, right? Like, for example, when you observe nature, if you look at nature, for example, it does not matter how, what you do, what you, or how you try to speed up the process. If you try to, like even, for example, like even having a child, it doesn't matter what it is that you do, whatever. You're not going to speed up that process of having that child. It's going to take the time that it's allocated to be able to have that child. Or the process of a plant growing into a large tree. Whatever we do, we can come, we nurture it, whatever, all that stuff. But the thing is that when you observe nature, you realize that even with nature itself, that it says has its own pace. This thing will flower when it flowers. It will grow when it grows. And when it's time to unfold comes, it will unfold. This is God giving us clues about his pace. The thing that we need to realize is that we don't sprint with God. We walk with God. 
And this is incredibly frustration, frustrating for a generation that wants to zoom by, that want things now. We struggle with patience, yet the one thing that we are told, that we observe in the scriptures, time and time again, what we observe about, in fact, if you were to, almost in a sense, even if you were to give a summary of what happens between people walking with God, is what you observe is people who waited and waited. Their stories took time to unfold. Their beautiful stories, which we read now in retrospect, took time to unfold, stroked by a master painter. Growth takes time, progress takes time, fruitfulness takes time, life takes time. And God is calling us to walk with him, to adopt his pace and not ours. And you'll observe this throughout. And I found this so interesting that they walked everywhere. He could have come at this time where he could just take a train, chua, nini, we go here, chua, and he could have impacted many people. But what we observe is the pace in which he operated it. And the thing that God is calling us to do is to walk with him, to adopt his pace and not ours. And so the thing is that this year, if you desire to see growth in your life, you need to walk with God, to adopt his pace. And for me, the thing is, is that what does this look like practically? And this year, I want to suggest two things as I close, two things that we may attempt to do that are very practical things, right? And the first thing is this, is, the, is, 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 is something that I think is incredibly important for us to be able to do, and I want to challenge you to be able to do this, that I want you to consider setting up a Bible study with three other friends, right? Just three other friends. So that means you'll be four of you, okay? Where you would meet once a week virtually or otherwise to study God's Word together, right? That you would step out and do this. We, as the ministry, will share for you a format of how you can be able to do this, right? We'll share for you a format on our WhatsApp channel so that if, so if you're not in the WhatsApp channel, just, you know, hit us up on the WhatsApp channel. The link is at the bottom. And just hit us up on the details of how you'll be able to do this. But the goal is for us to be able to regularly study God's Word, to get into the habit of being able to study God's Word together. And to adopt a pace of just being able to be consistent in being able to do this. And we'll share a format with you in regards to how it is that we can be able to do this. The second thing that I think I want you to consider, and in fact it's actually connected to, you know, it's, it's, a, healthy, it's a healthy option as well, right? What I want you to consider is where you would at least a few days a week, what I'm calling it is, uh, I'm calling it prayer walks, right? And what I'm putting out to you is that you find a nice place that you can go for a walk, put on your mask so that guys don't think you're crazy and weird as you're there talking as you walk, <laughs> right? And the thing is, is that just go on a walk and talk to your heavenly father, very literally walk with God, that you adopt this as a habit. Number one, I think it's great because it's healthy, it's nice to walk, you know, go for a walk as often as you can, but as you do this work, that you begin to adopt the ability to just go and do a prayer walk, where you just walk and talk to your Heavenly Father. I want us to consider doing these two things. And the thing that you'll observe is that this consistent, well-paced pursuit of God will yield for you great 
great, great rewards. The pace is to walk with him. There are no quick fixes here. It's just an intention to walk with him, to adopt his pace for your transformation. Amen? Amen and amen. That I pray that you'd adopt this pace of transformation for yourself. Amen? Yes. And I hope you guys will be able to do it. And if you want any more information, hit us up on WhatsApp and we'll be able to get in touch with you. Until then, allow me to pray for us as we close. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word today. I thank you for the Lamb of God, Yeshua, who died for us and gave himself for us, that we can come in full confidence before you and cry out, Father, what a great privilege we have received that we can approach you with confidence on account of his name. Holy Father, thank you for giving us the name that is above every name, the name by which we are able to be saved. And we have put our faith in the name of Yeshua because we believe in the report and in the witness of all those that came before that have declared that he indeed is the only means through which we can be saved. We have believed in your testimony regarding him. Father, allow us and give us the ability to understand how to operate in the pace that in which you move. That may we move in accordance to your pace. And may you inspire us to want to be able to gather together to study your word and also to be able to engage regularly in being able to just walk with you. Literally walk with you. Inspire us, walk with us, guide us and lead us for you have emboldened us with your Holy Spirit who is with us till the end of the age. We thank you because we can trust and believe that you will always be with us, guiding us, because Yeshua is our God. And so it's in his name we ask and believe. Amen. Hey guys, thank you so much for watching. Listen, if this message blessed you, please be sure to share with someone whom you love. Share it with a friend, a colleague, anyone. And then also, listen, support us. Support this ministry so that we can be able to make more dope content and be able to spread this message of the kingdom to as many people as possible. And then, make sure that you subscribe. Sawa, subscribe. Subscribe, wherever the button, subscribe, subscribe. God bless you guys.